The Gimpy Gimpy, also known as the suicide plant, has a powerful sting that victims claim causes severe pain for several months to several years after exposure. In this episode, we'll examine some anecdotes of people who have been stung, what their symptoms and adverse reactions were, and if there's any truth to the legend that the pain of the Gimpy Gimpy has led humans and animals to end their own lives. On this episode of Technically a Conversation, you're listening to Technically a Conversation, a podcast where we share an interesting topic or story with each other and hope you find it interesting as well. I'm one half of your host, Jose, and I'm joined, as always, by my lovely co-host, Isela. How are you doing today? Doing quite fabulous. (laughs) How are you doing? I'm doing great also, thank you. Good. As promised, have you finally watched Black Panther 2? No, absolutely not, no. (laughs) Okay, I will continue to shame you. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> How has your week been so far? It's been really good. Very, uh, a lot of fun stuff going on with the family. Nothing terribly crazy to write home about, but it's been fun. How about you? Same, just pretty much hanging out with the family. Yeah. Uh, nothing crazy, thankfully. Good. Yeah. Nobody wants anything crazy. Definitely not. No. Quick shout out to the queens, Elena and Erica. The Duke, Stephen B. Elba, Madtown Charity, ContraZoom Pod Podcast, and Adan. Thank you for sharing our posts on your social media. Thank you so, so much, everybody. With all that business out of the way. Ready to get started? Let's do it. Great. Let's get started. Isela, do you suffer from any allergies? Just cat dander. Okay, that answers my next question. I was going to ask, what's something that you're allergic to, aside from me? Oh, <laughs> is that why we do these on uh, Zoom or whatever? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just cats. Well, cats and, you know, grass and stuff like that. But yeah. That was going to be my next question. Mm. Have you ever gotten an allergic or adverse reaction from a plant? Well, just when I was young, you know, you used to like roll around in the grass and then you get all itchy and gross. Yeah, I hate that. I know. Yeah, that's not a favorite pastime of mine. (laughs) Mine either. I hate mowing the lawn because it causes me to get all sneezy and coffee and I start itching and everything. It's not fun. If you wear a mask, that actually helps a lot. Just a little pro tip from me to you. (laughs) Ever since the pandemic, I have been wearing a mask when I go out there and mow the lawn and all that, but it still affects me. Oh, wow. I think I'm going to need to get like an N95 or... N96 <laughs> or something. I don't know. Whatever's more powerful than that. Yeah. The one with like the spray painters where it looks like you're like part like uh, what is it? Prey Mantis or something. <laughs> I'm ready to get a hazmat suit so that, that way I look like Apollo 13 when I'm out there mowing the lawn. No, oh, you're going <laughs> to you're gonna faint. You're going to faint. <laughs> then the uh, Border Patrol really think that I'm up to something. Oh, for sure. They're like, he just finished making meth and now he's cutting his grass. What's happening? (laughs) So aside from some of the plants that we've done podcasts for in the past, do you have a favorite plant? Mm, I think aloe is always really nice just because it it gives back to us like when we have burns and stuff. It's a good answer. I like aloe. Yeah. 
Have you ever heard about the Gimpy Gimpy plant? No, but that's an awesome name. <laughs> <laughs> I know it sounds super cute, but it's anything but. Yes. All right. I like those little de deceiving type names. Oh, you're in for a surprise with this one. Yay. The following is from an Australian Geographic article. Link to this and all of our sources will be in the show notes. Marina Hurley, an entomologist and ecologist studying plants in Queensland, Australia's first encounter with the gimpy gimpy plant, caused her to go into a sneezing fit and left her eyes and nose running for hours. Even wearing protective particle masks and welding gloves was not enough to protect her from the itching and huge hives that developed over time. In fact, her reaction was so severe that she required hospitalization and eventually required steroid treatment. Marina described the experience as the worst pain you can imagine, like being burnt with hot acid and electrocuted at the same time. It sounds like she was about to give birth to gremlins. <laughs> Remember they were like bubbling on their back and stuff? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really bad. Some people who have encountered this plant have stated the pain lasts several months. Others have claimed it lasts several years. <laughs> it's been reported that dogs and horses who have been exposed to the gimpy gimpy have been known to jump off cliffs to end the pain. One Australian ex-serviceman claimed an officer shot himself after using a leaf as toilet paper. Reactions like this have led to the gimpy gimpy being called the suicide plant. <laughs> Let's see if there are any truths in any of these stories or if they're just myths. But first, Isela, what are your thoughts? If Australia has a plant nicknamed the suicide plant, you know they're not fucking around. For sure. Australia has like all the things that want to kill you. These brown recluse spiders, even their cute kangaroos. I mean, they're adorable as hell, but damn, those things, have you seen their feet? They'll punch you and disembowel you or something. <laughs> <laughs> So I believe it if it's, there's a plant that's also going to kill you. I feel like this is the slight balance that is bringing, it being brought to the world because a lot of Australians are very good looking. So like something bad has to be on that island. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it definitely brings balance to the force. Yes. The gimpy gimpy, as adorable as it sounds, is one of four species of stinging trees in Australia, but is said to have the worst sting of the four and possibly the most painful sting of any plant in Australia. The plant has broad oval or heart-shaped leaves with sawtooth edges. Now, after seeing quite a bit of these leaves while conducting my research, I don't particularly think that the leaves look heart-shaped. They look like regular old leaves. If you were to ask an eight-year-old to draw a leaf, they would draw the gimpy gimpy leaf. Okay. The thing that sets this leaf apart from other leaves is that they appear furry due to a dense covering of stinging hairs. Its white or purple red fruit is also covered with the stinging hairs. Although the gimpy gimpy plant is called a tree and can grow as high as four to five meters or 13 to 16 feet, they are often found as small plants or shrubs that are from 0.1 to one meters tall or four inches to three feet tall. The smallest of the plants are often referred to as ankle biters as an unsuspecting traveler who brushes up against one is in for a little surprise. Oh my God, that sounds so awful. <laughs> wow. The gimpy gimpy is said to be an opportunistic plant and will often sprout up in areas where a forest has been cleared or where a cyclone disrupts an area of trees. 
They like sunny areas protected from the wind and are often found along the edge of streams, walking tracks, and roadways. They also enjoy long walks on the beach and watching sunsets. Now that we know what they look like and where they grow, let's go over the sting, which everyone who is morbidly curious, like us, Mm -hmm. wants to know about. According to scientist Dr. Hugh Spencer of the Cape Tribulation Tropical Research Station with Brigada Flick, which are words that mean things. <laughs> but um, according to Dr. Spencer, when touched, the tip of the silica hairs can break off the plant, which in turn turns the hairs into a self-injecting hypodermic needle. <laughs> this sounds atrocious. <laughs> Dr. Spencer describes the sting as initially like being attacked by wasps, then you get whitening and swelling at the site, and then, if it's really bad, you get sweating. Liquid just drips out of your skin. Ew. That sounds lovely, right? Oh my, I think you had mentioned earlier about the guy who took a a leaf and he wiped his butt with it. Yes. This is exactly what is like replaying in my head with this poor little booty hole. I feel so bad for his booty hole. (laughs) Yeah, it's awful. Yeah. And I've always said, anytime fluids come out of something that's not an orifice, it's usually not fun. No, does not sound like happy times. Not at all. The actual chemicals in the venom are not completely understood, but Dr. Spencer believes a coating of amino acids or peptides might be responsible for the intensity of the pain. When the hair becomes embedded in the skin, it could lead to long-term pain and sensitivity. By long-term, they clarify that it's not uncommon for people to report pain for several months following a sting. Jeez. And like we mentioned earlier, some people reported feeling pain up to two years after being exposed. Wow. That's so sad. (laughs) Coincidentally enough, that's how some people describe our podcast painful up to two years after being exposed. (laughs) That's not true. (laughs) We're nothing but happiness. (laughs) I know. I just had to take that cheap joke. Yeah, it was right there. (laughs) The intensity of the sting also seems to be unaffected by age. Leaves can still sting you even if the leaves are dead, and people have even been stung studying a specimen. The toxin appears to be sealed off in the hair's as if it was a glass vial waiting for its next victim. It just sounds like it's so minuscule also. So it's this tiny little liquid, which is obviously extremely potent because if it breaks off and then it like, you know, digs into you and then it somehow gets injected into you. Oh, that's it's just it just tells me how potent this serum stuff is. Yeah. These little hairs, they're um, they're very hard to see with the human eye. Oof. So they're they're really tiny. Wow. So from what you've heard so far, I mean, how do you think you would react if you were stung by one of them? Well, I guess it just depends on how, like the severity of it, right? But I am not above crying. Like I will cry, <laughs> but I guess good or bad, but I, I, I feel like I've always had a high tolerance for pain for some reason. But I, oh, it just sounds awful. It sounds like the worst. Like, I would rather have kidney stones. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, and actually, that's something that I was going to ask you. Do you have a high tolerance for pain? Yeah. I do not. And I am also a crier. My name should have been John Cryer. 
Oh, I like that. I like that actor. That's so funny. <laughs> when they had removed, uh, when I got my first wisdom tooth removed, the or not wisdom tooth, it was when I was getting braces put on. I went to get two, uh, four of them extracted, and they did two at a time. And my, which is really ridiculous to admit, but let me do so in front of everybody. Um, <laughs> when I get very nervous, I laugh a lot. So I was laughing as he was like pulling my teeth. <laughs> and it was so funny because he was like, you know, I guess it's like contagious. And he would start laughing too. And he's like, I'm sorry. And then he's like, I've just never had this kind of reaction before. I was like, yeah, I'm a weirdo. Yeah, that's funny. No, I usually don't laugh. I usually go into John Cryer mode for sure. <laughs> that's funny. And I honestly don't know how I would react. From everything that I've heard, I think that I would probably want to end myself, especially since I'm much more delicate and frail than my appearance would lead you to believe. <laughs> I mean, I sit at a computer for a minimum of 8 to 12 hours a day. I definitely have the physique to prove that. <laughs> I don't know if I'm physically or mentally cut out to deal with pain for several months, let alone for two years. I mean, it was already hard enough coming to terms with my own looks. Oh my gosh, you're so silly. <laughs> so, but my question is, does anything make it feel better? I think I would just be like, put ice cubes on my butt, like something. I don't know. Does anything ameliorate that? Excellent question, Isela. All right. Let's go ahead and talk about what to do if you're exposed to the gimpy gimpy <laughs> and see if anyone has truly ever committed suicide after being exposed to the plant after we return from this quick commercial break. All right. Hi, I'm Sean McCabe. And I'm Carrie McCabe. We are, well, married, obviously, <laughs> but we're also obsessed with the darker side of things. True crime stories, alien abductions, poltergeists. If it leaves you scratching your head and keeping those lights on at night, we want to hear about it. That's why we host the podcast Ain't It Scary with Sean and Carrie. Every week, we bring our listeners a true story guaranteed to send chills down your spine, from history's most brutal serial killers to the mystery of spontaneous human combustion. Yep, lots of these stories leave unanswered questions behind, and you'll get to poke through the rubble of the evidence with a hardened skeptic and... Someone whose mind is more open to fun. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> you can find Ain't It Scary with Sean and Carrie wherever you get your podcasts, and on social media at Ain't It Scary. Come play with us. And we're back. Yes, we are. Were you exposed to the gimpy gimpy during our commercial break? I need to see what this looks like, just in case someone brings it and exposes it. Some kind of like awful weapon. <laughs> mm, it's a little bit of foreshadowing. Oh, let's hear. I'm so excited. <laughs> Now, before our break, we teased that we were going to talk about what to do if you were exposed to the Gimpy Gimpy. So you're on a safari in Australia. Somehow you managed not to get killed by giant redback spiders, taipan snakes, and saltwater crocodiles, or salties as the Aussies call them. Also, I have to say I'm very proud of myself for not having said any stereotypical sayings while talking about Australia. Oh, there's still time. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely taken a lot of self-restraint. 
So you've managed not to get murdered by a plethora of creatures that can kill you in Australia, and you've just brushed up against the gimpy gimpy. What are you to do? Now, I suggest that you write these, Donisella, since I'm kind of stupid, and we'll probably bend down and touch the beautiful heart-shaped leaf that looks like a leaf one of these days, and we'll need you to save me. Okay. According to Dr. Spencer, if you've been exposed to the gimpy gimpy, you better learn to pray fast as only the Holy Spirit can save you. I'm just kidding. I was like, what? Oh my gosh. It's demonic too? (laughs) No, I was totally kidding. Dr. Spencer says that if you're exposed, the most important thing is that you do not rub the area as this can break the hairs and make them very difficult to remove. The first thing you should do is create a diluted one part per 10 part mixture of hydrochloric acid to neutralize the hair's peptide coating. This would then be followed by waxing strips to remove the stinging hairs. This should then start to provide some relief in about an hour and a half. The acid and wax strips treatment is probably the most effective in reducing the severity and duration of the pain. I don't know about you, Isela, but I don't think I've ever seen hydrochloric acid at Walgreens. I was going to even ask what the heck hydrochloric acid is. It sounds super fancy and cool. Like I want to make elixirs with it, but I don't know what it would be. (laughs) (laughs) No, you definitely do not want to make elixirs with it. It's uh, pretty dangerous. Well, I guess the acid part gave me a clue. (laughs) (laughs) You will be happy to hear though that Amazon does carry it. What? But I didn't see that it qualified for prime two-day delivery. So... (laughs) You would probably be fucked for a few days while it arrived. I know. A butthole. Oh, your poor butthole. <laughs> Dr. Spencer states there's a common folk remedy that recommends rubbing the sap from the Conjovi plant, which is also found in the nearby region over the affected area. But he warns that this is ineffective and may even make the pain worse. So have people died or committed suicide from being exposed to the plant? Excellent question, Isela. This was the hardest part to research, believe it or not. It seems like every source that I found all referenced the two articles I used from Australian Geographic. The spruce.com only mentioned that most mammals suffer ill effects from the gimpy gimpy sting, and although there has only been one recorded human death, horses and dogs have succumbed to the plant's toxins and died. I even did a search on snopes.com, but that brought up no results. Some animals native to Australia, however, can touch and eat the plant without having any problems. These include various beetles, moths, and patamelons, which are a type of rainforest kangaroo. I don't know if you've ever seen a patamelon, but you should Google it. Okay. They look super cute. They have the body of a kangaroo, but their faces look more like rodents. Oh, cute. And the baby patamelon is the most adorable. Joey's, forget about it. They're super cute. (laughs) They are. I think that I would still be scared of them if I saw them in public, but I would still want to pick one up and give it a hug. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I definitely need to Google that after, after this. Scientists believe that over time, these animals have adapted to tolerate the toxin. The spruce didn't mention which sources they used that mentioned the death of horses, dogs, and one human, but I did see them cite Dr. Spencer and Marina Hurley, which we mentioned at the beginning of the episode. So I'm guessing they use the same Australian Geographic source we're using, and apparently everyone else used as well. They did cite a science.org article, but it only mentioned about the neurotoxins and didn't mention any deaths. Mm, 
suspicious. It is, right? Mm-hmm. All that's interesting did mention that the hairs of the gimpy gimpy don't have to come into contact with your skin for the plant to inflict damage. Hey. Just being near the plant for too long is like a triple corpse hammer blow to your respiratory system. <laughs> Overexposure can cause nosebleeds, respiratory damage, and intense sneezing from the airborne hairs the gimpy gimpy sheds. Oh my god, this sounds like a a flower bouquet of like the morning star or something like <laughs> Lucifer or something. <laughs> Wow, that sounds awful. Even like, so their gas or whatever they're exuding gets you all like your nose bleeds and stuff? Yeah, I guess they're like dogs that they shed their little hairs. So they're constantly shedding their little hairs and since they're... The little dander and stuff. Exactly. And since they're so small, it's easy for the air to take them up and for you to breathe them in. (laughs) Since we don't really have any official death records to go by, let's go to the anecdotes on Australian Geographic. Since it seems like every website online has cited them, including us, they're all very short on detail, like most anecdotes. So it's not that I want to rush through them or anything. There's just not a lot to go by. And some of these stories are pretty horrific. Uh Uh-oh, I'm bracing myself. (laughs) Sadly, there's only one death. So let's examine that one first. Actually, I shouldn't say sadly. (laughs) Thankful. I was going to say, did you just say sadly? (laughs) I meant sadly, uh, there's not a lot of deaths that we're going to be able to discuss. But thankfully for those people, they didn't die. They recovered, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So feel free to interject if you have a comment or something to make. Cyril Bromley, an Australian ex-serviceman training on the table land during World War II, fell into a stinging tree and stated he had to be strapped to a hospital bed for three weeks because he was, quote, as mad as a cut snake by the pain. While strapped to the hospital bed, he was administered all manner of treatment, all of it unsuccessful. Cyril is the person that mentioned the officer that shot himself after using a leaf as toilet paper. No name was provided for this officer, so I couldn't do any further research, but this officer appears to be the only known suicide that can be attributed to the Gimpy Gimpy. I could not locate any other mentions of death, either directly or indirectly. And they didn't give any details as far as what was the stinging just, uh, was it just like in the targeted like booty hole section or did it get on the, uh, sorry, (laughs) like the ball sack? Sorry. (laughs) If it was a ball sack, I mean, that skin is very thin. I'm just like, you know, I... If it's the ball sack, that makes sense why he was like, you know what? I'm in hell anyway. (laughs) (laughs) No, sadly, that's the extent of the details we have on that story. Mm, Okay. A.C. McMillan, a North Queenland Road surveyor, was among the first people to ever document the effect of a stinging tree and reported to his superiors in 1866 that his pack horse, quote, was stung, got mad, and died within two hours. That was really the only anecdote I could locate where it mentioned an animal dying. There was mention of similar tales in folklore of horses jumping in agony off of cliffs and forest workers drinking themselves silly to dull the pain, but there were no specific examples given. Wow. Uh, And that's a big mammal. I mean, Jesus, poor thing. Yeah, I guess visually I can picture the damn horse just jumping off of a cliff like, fuck it, end it all. I've also heard about dogs that jump from really high ledges and then, I mean, I don't know what 
obviously, I don't think anybody knows what's going on through their head, but I don't know if they are really rationalizing like we are, or this is just humans that are projecting our thoughts onto other animals and stuff like, oh, they're like, we got to end this. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that's a very good point. I don't know if um, animals are self-aware and they know about death and if they think about death constantly like we as humans do. Mm -hmm. So, um, I mean, they might not. Constantly. <laughs> well, right. that might just be me projecting my thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 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 I know. I hear you there. Dude, I do too. Trust me. Oh, very interesting. Okay. Oh, poor horse though. They're so pretty. Ernie Ryder stated that in 1963, he was slapped in the face, arms, and chest by a stinging tree and that he will never forget that day. I would imagine. The way they describe that, he was slapped in the chest. It sounds, <laughs> it sounds so very specific. But why are these people, or maybe I just don't understand. Are they topless and then it's like skin to skin <laughs> or i wonder is you know what i mean are they doing like a magic mic show outside or what's going on <laughs> no i just think it's people that they're not familiar with this plant and they're just going about their business and i mean i'm sure you've gone hiking or um or camping before i mean you encounter all sorts of weird plants and stuff and you know you, you just casually move them out of the way if they're in the way of a trail or something and with this plant, you don't expect the reaction you're going to get when you move it or when you touch it. Yeah. I oh, this poor dude, especially on his chest. Sounds awful. Check out his quote. I remember it feeling like there were giant hands trying to squash my chest. For two or three days, the pain was almost unbearable. I couldn't work or sleep. Then it was pretty bad pain for another fortnight or so. The stinging persisted for two years and recurred every time I had a cold shower. End quote. Oh, oh my God. In case you were not alive during the Civil War, a fortnight is a fancy show-offy way of saying two weeks. He wasn't referring to the viral video game sensation of 2017. <laughs> right. Wow. Ernie Ryder stated that in the 44 years of working as a conservation officer with the Queenland Park and Wildlife Service, he has yet to experience anything like the pain and stated it was 10 times worse than anything else. And this entire time, I remember thinking, I mean, like my whole life, really, thinking that park rangers seemed like they had the best gig. Now, after her learning about this gimpy gimpy, maybe not so much. <laughs> you know, I've thought the same thing, too. It's like, man, being a park ranger would be so awesome. You're hanging out outside. Uh, you can go to your car and sneak a beer, too. Um, what? No, that's not what I was thinking. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I was just like, you're in... Like an awesome national park or whatever it is. You're submerged in nature. How great would that be? Like what care could you possibly have? But then my own um, fears and paranoia and reality sets in. And I'm like, okay, there's a lot of things outside that can hurt me. The sun can hurt me. Bees can hurt me. Oh my God. Dogs can hurt me. Birds can hurt me. So it's enough for me to never want to leave my house ever again. Oh my gosh. We need to give you that test of that phobia going outside. <laughs> oh man. I have a couple more stories here. Less more. Aside from having endured the pain of his oxymoronic name for all of his life, also experienced the pain of the gimpy gimpy firsthand. 
or face. He said that he was struck across the face with the plant and went into an anaphylactic shock. It took several days for his sight to recover. His face was so swollen that he resembled Mr. Potato Head. (laughs) Quote, within minutes, the initial stinging and burning intensified and the pain in my eyes was like someone had poured acid on them. My mouth and tongue swelled up so much that I had trouble breathing. It was debilitating and I had to blunder my way out of the bush. (gasps) Wow. (laughs) This poor guy. He should get a medal just for surviving. Right? Wow. This poor dude. And I'm really sorry that I'm laughing at some of these. but I know. I feel bad too. I think he could look back at it in a different way as well. Hopefully. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. I'm I'm sure he laughs about it now. Jeez. That's so sad though. Yeah. That sounds, that just sounds absolutely horrific. And you were asking earlier about biological weapons. Mm -hmm. In 1968, the chemical defense establishment of the British army contacted Alan C. Wright a professor of pathology at the University of Queensland to request samples of the gimpy gimpy and other stinging tree specimens. The chemical defense establishment is a top secret laboratory and developed chemical weapons. So Seawright assumes that they were investigating its potential as a biological weapon. He states that he never heard anything more from them. That's kind of scary, right? To think the military would want to weaponize this shit. That's very suspect. I mean, why would they not? It's free. It's outdoors. It's obviously way more painful than, you know, even like a little BB gun or whatever. <laughs> so, yeah, they're going to inflict some pain a la nature. For me, the way that I envision those people from the chemical defense establishment, the scientists, they were studying it. Mm-hmm. I think the first one to touch it on accident <laughs> probably got the worst reaction. And they were like, fuck that. Yeah. Because I haven't heard of it ever being used. They were like, this is too dangerous even for our poor scientists trying to study this shit. (laughs) (laughs) For us dummies trying to play with it. That's true, though. I mean, you even mentioned it earlier in the first half of the podcast where you were saying they were studying it and they got stung or whatever. That sounds sounds like awful luck. Yeah. People just from specimens. They've been dead for years and they touch it and oh, shit. (laughs) Oh, man. It's awful. Yeah. I know I'm so neurotic. I'd be like, oh, my God, I really did it good this time. Now I know this is the end. This is the end. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Mom, I always loved you. Right? (laughs) Tell my dad I loved him, too. Jeez. Wow. So now that you know everything about the gimpy gimpy, what are your final thoughts? Will you be growing any in your garden this spring? If I was, I feel like... I would put them on the outside of all of my windows to make sure nobody comes in. Because when they come in, they would be paralyzed. They'd be like, or if anything, they'd hate me more. They'd be like, you bitch. <laughs> Damn, it sounds like you have some powerful enemies. No, thank goodness. I, I don't. Well, at least I hope I don't. <laughs> wow. Yeah, this, this sounds very, I really want to see it. It sounds very interesting to see. It'll be the cover art for this episode. Okay, I'm excited. And there'll be tons of pictures and all the sources. Okay. I think I'm just going to start carrying around hydrochloric acid with me. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I thought about buying... So- well, first of all, um, even though I didn't discuss it in the episode, hydrochloric acid only has a 24-month shelf life. Oh. So you can't just keep it indefinitely. And also the gimpy gimpy is considered an endangered 
plant. So you're not likely to run into it on your normal activities. Right. But is it, it's still kind of located or centralized in Australia, right? Yes. Okay. There are some um, insane people that have tried growing it here in the US and they do have those plants here in the US, but it hasn't become like an invasive species that just grows all over the place, thankfully. To those people who have grown it in the US... What is wrong with you people? Why would you do that? Oh my God. And actually while doing this research, I encountered a couple of YouTube videos of idiots that would, um, you know, expose themselves to the gimpy gimpy and they would be documenting their reactions. Oh no. And um, it was actually kind of funny. I don't think any of the people that they showed on there really had a terrible adverse reaction, but they were saying that anytime that cold water or anything hit it, like, yeah, boom, that pain would jump up to 10. Stay tuned for the next TikTok challenge, the Gimpy Gimpy TikTok <laughs> challenge. <laughs> well, again, good luck finding it. That, that's going to be the hard part. Yeah, no, and, and not good luck because I wouldn't want anybody to go through that pain. That sounds bad. <laughs> we did receive a correction from super friend Brex this week regarding the History of Glam episode. He wrote, I'm listening to the History of Glam and you mentioned the Glamazon wrestler. Her name is Beth Phoenix. She's married to Edge, and lately she's been wrestling again. (gasps) Not sure if I'm super late to the party. (laughs) Very cool. Thank you, Brex. She is wrestling again. Wow. When I remember her, I want to say it was like in the early 2000s, so looks like she's been around for a while. Yeah, it's very LL Cool J. Don't call it a comeback. (laughs) I've been here for years. Oh, wow. That's very cool. Yeah, and I wrote back to him and I let him know that, you know, it's never too late to comment. Yeah. I let him know that I remembered after we finished recording, but I couldn't remember her name while we were doing the recording, Mm -hmm. as I tend to black out the moment that I press record. (laughs) And then um, we started chatting about wrestling for a bit. Yeah, I think as soon as I hit record, half of my vocabulary also goes away. And then all I can think is like, wow, I know I say that all the time. (laughs) Oh my Gisela, stop saying that shit. Uh, Well, thank you, Brex. He was also uh, saying just yesterday that he was uh, catching up on some of our episodes and he laughed uh, aloud on like via like digitally or whatever I should say when he was uh, at that little King Tat joke. (laughs) He's like, that's funny. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm so glad that everybody's still going back and listening to different old episodes. We really do appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And I'm very much the same way. I mean, you hear all the times that I mess up when we're recording. I literally forget how to speak. Yeah. Other times I'm just going off of the adrenaline. <laughs> it's not until I'm actually editing the podcast that I really listen to them for the first time. And a lot of times I'm like, wow, that was a really good episode. I wish I would have been there <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I, I remember none of it. I know what you mean. <laughs> when I when I re-listen to the final product, I'm like, oh, God, we were really funny on this part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I give myself all these little kudos. I'm like, oh, we did good. <laughs> Since Isela's giving herself kudos, we hope that you enjoyed the show and you join us again next week. If you're enjoying the show, leave us a review, tell a friend, and subscribe wherever fine podcasts are sold. Follow us on the socials at GreetingsTAC, email us at GreetingsTAC at gmail.com, or leave us a voicemail at 915-317-6669. If you have a story to share with us about the Gimpy Gimpy, 
Nothing about your booty hole. <laughs> <laughs> 